Yeah, Rich Berry, um, I, I want you to tell us and our listeners about Alexandra Foods and the, the company structure. How is it structured? What's Salt Creek Capital? And then tell us how you got to where you are. <laughs> All right, that's a great question. Well, the company <laughs> itself started uh, when Mark and Alexandria came over from Poland in 1989. And they were working in the United States trying to figure out what to do. And they opened up Alex's Deli in 1992, about three years after they arrived in the United States. Now, where, where, where was that? It was in Chicago. So that's in, in Chicago. Chicago. And uh, there's an area of Chicago that's heavily... Uh, Polish, and it's called Portage Park. And so they opened up Alex's Deli on Central Avenue in the Portage Park neighborhood of Chicago. And they ran Alex's Deli for about three years, and they realized that their best-selling item was the pierogi. So after running Alex's Deli for three years in 1995, they switched from Alex's Deli to just manufacturing pierogi in the same location and shut the deli down and focused just on one thing, and that was making pierogi. Okay, so so they so, do they sell that in the trade? I mean, they, they don't sell that on the front doorstep or anything like that? So they did. They went from a deli where they sold a variety of products to selling the pierogi right out of the storefront. Okay, and so. As they expanded over the years, we still are in the same exact location they've been since 1992. Uh, we are a manufacturing facility, but we do have a large retail, uh, I guess you could call it a factory outlet store, where you can come buy all of our products here uh, on Central Avenue. They also sell those to uh, restaurants and grocery stores. Our products are frozen and sold frozen. Okay, and and do you do online? Um, because I, I know you have a schedule for deliveries and whatnot. Do you do online uh, to consumers? So we've been asked that for a number of years. So about six months ago, we set up an online uh, opportunity for people to buy. The issue is because we are frozen, uh, it's yeah. very expensive to ship. And so yeah, I know. to make it feasible, we really – need to sell about six packages just to help pay for the dry ice and the shipping container. So our online business is, is really small and more for specialty people. You know, if someone in South Carolina says, you know, my dad loves pierogi, I want to send him some for his birthday, you know, that, that's, that's what's happening there. I see. Now, you know, you, we just you had... You, you actually work in the business? So I'm... So, yes, yeah, so I'm the owner, and I work here in Chicago. So and, and your original question was Salt Creek. So let me yeah, what is Salt Creek? So Mark and Alexander ran the business for, you know, since 1992, and they decided to sell. Um, and so I, at the time, had been in the food business for a number of years and was looking around at what my next opportunity would be, Salt Creek Capital is an investment firm that runs a little differently than most investment firms. Most buy a business and then look for an executive to run it. Salt Creek Capital actually works with executives to go find a business to purchase and then run. By working with them to purchase Alexandra's from Mark and Alexandra. And so they helped me buy the business. Great. Good story. That's great serendipity, too. Yeah, it's it's fun. I'll tell you, when I looked at the business, at possibly buying it, the you know we have close to fifty Polish and Ukrainian workers. None of them have left. Uh, it's it's a fantastic place uh, to be. It's a great culture. They take such pride in the work that they do. It, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I've had a go around with pierogies. I must say that I I've enjoyed yours. Uh, I once, I was a restaurant editor of City Mag, and I had to judge a pierogi contest. And uh-huh. uh, we, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to be able to stand up after <laughs> tasting all these pierogies. 
Yeah, we, we there's a comedian out there that does a pierogi routine from Cleveland, and his, his, the best line is, "Pierogi is not food you eat out eat when you're going to go dancing. It's more like, <laughs> hey, it's been nice talking to you. See you later." <laughs> yeah, well, right. but of course, these yeah. people entered this pierogi contest. They played around with stuff. I mean, I I, I had pierogies with blue cheese and <laughs> Just terrible. Yeah, but I guess you know. Yeah, you can you can put a lot of different things into a pierogi, whether they should be there. That's exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I because we we have a, a Eastern European strong population and Polish population here. In fact, my my um my daughter-in-law um, who lives in Philadelphia, uh, her mother and uncle were both born in, in um, well, no, her, her grandmother on her mother's side was born and raised in Poland and then left and, and very complicated and all that and, and arrived in the United States not speaking any English. And so um, a good thing that, um, that my daughter-in-law does is she and her sisters and relatives gather together uh, once a year and, and make a whole mess of pierogies is like a, a group effort. And so that's fun. Um, yeah, it, it is a popular, we've had some of our, you know, when we, we've talked to different consumers, some people say, you know, well, we make our own pierogi. And I, and you know, I always tell them, I said, that's a fantastic tradition. I'm glad that you oh, yeah. are able to keep that alive, you know, but we make for pierogi for the people that maybe don't have time. Uh, right. We also make pierogi varieties that are very hard to make. So most people, when they make a pierogi, are making, you know, the potato-based pierogi, which we, of course, make. But, you know, if you talk to someone about making a cabbage pierogi, you know, they're even Oh, I love those. Uh, you said yeah. cabbage pierogi. I love those. Yeah, now, that's I, one of I, our best flavors. But they are they are hard to make at home. Are they? You know, so they're hard well, to make we, here. I, I wanted to say, you know, that that I just uh, found the quality of your pierogies to be really very elevated, and I enjoyed them. And uh, yeah, so um, we have something of interest in in uh, Pittsburgh, which is where we're based. It's a vegan Polish restaurant. Oh my gosh! I know the uh, the. Male partner is born and raised in Poland, and so that and they're both chefs, and so that's what they do. Vegan Polish. I I I told the, uh, the this uh, restaurateur in Philadelphia who who was so brave. He started a, a restaurant called Veg, which was vegetarian, in nineteen ninety seven, which would not have been on trend at the moment. But he got his best friend moved to Pittsburgh and he got so excited about this vegan <laughs> and and it's a James Beard finalist this year. Apteca. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So but we've enjoyed your your um, pierogies. I don't know what we're gonna do without them. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad, yes, we make uh, eighteen varieties and then uh oh, I'm hoping you'll get a chance to try the uh the blintzes, because those are new, and uh, we're actually going to the Specialty Food Association. They have the fancy food show in New York. Oh, sure. Uh, are you going to? Yeah. Have you been before? So we, I went last year, but we have never exhibited. So not oh, only it's a hoot. this year, but we uh, put some of our products in for judging, and the chocolate hazelnut and cheese blintz won the SoFi Gold Award for breakfast. Yeah. Food. Yeah, well, I, I saw that. You know, I'm on the media list, and um, okay. so, and, yeah, and so uh, they, they, people send us samples a lot, especially the Sophie winners, and um, yeah, and uh, I, I got the list of the winners, and so you're on that list. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So and we're, so we're going to be at the show. You're going to be crazed i mean absolutely crazed at that show we covered it in person for years and it's so big now that three days you can't get through the whole show 
And, exactly. It's hard. And, and we're going to be serving uh, samples of both pierogi and blintzes at the show. So we, we have a team ready. We have shipped the product out there to our New Jersey distributor, and we are gearing up for a crazy three days. Oh, it is funny. We, we have funny stories about the fancy food show. Like one year, it was um, uh, the World Cup was a, a showdown of between France and Italy. And so he went around, and it was, they had a big screen in the uh, uh, convention center in, in Manhattan. And um, you'd go around all these stalls, stands, displays, and there would be signs saying, you know, we're watching this. The soccer right. final. Yeah. <laughs> Leave your name on a piece of paper. Or <laughs> yeah. Come back and in two hours. Yeah, TV. it was funny. Yeah, it was funny. So and and um, Italy won, and France would look terrible the next day. <laughs> they, were, oh, <laughs> they must have I'm had sure a rough night. Yeah, exactly. So um, now you you talked about um, the backstory. And, and it just run through some of the products. I mean, the, the basic pierogi, as I understand it, is potato and something. What is it? Yes. And so we have a, a selection of the what I you know, traditional. Our best selling item is a potato and cheese, and that's the cheese is a farmer's cheese. So it's different than Very say the good. cheese I grew up in the Midwest, where I'm thinking either a Swiss or a cheddar, uh, it's a white cheese, it's a farmer cheese, a little bit sour, but works well with the potato. And that's the most popular one with our Polish uh, customers. Uh, right after that, though, then we do a sauerkraut and mushroom. Sauerkraut is the most popular in Pittsburgh, I think. Potato and sauerkraut, isn't it? Exactly. So we do, we do about we do three or four different types of potato. We do it a potato and cheese. We do a potato and cheddar cheese. Uh, we just came out with a potato and fried onion, which is becoming very popular. Oh, uh, fried onions are a long-standing tradition with pierogies. Yes. Yeah, so most of the time they're served, you know, they're pan-seared after they're boiled. They're pan-seared and then usually sautéed with butter and sautéed onions. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a little baked bits. So, yeah. But then we also have a lot of the other types of pierogi that are traditional but not potato-based. So our mushroom pierogi is not a potato pierogi with mushrooms. It is, you know, it's 100% mushrooms. It's There's no potato in there. Uh, similar with the cabbage. When you try the cabbage, you notice there's no potato in that. That's just a cabbage pierogi. I like that cabbage one. I like and we have a, a meat pierogi. So we have a, a variety of those. And then we have a a series of sweet pierogies. So we do blueberries, which is the best seller. Uh, we also sell strawberry, plums, and cherries. So we have four different types of fruit pierogies. Oh, yeah, well, I was thinking, that, can you use those for breakfast? Oh, sure, sure. Because that's what yeah, I, exactly. I was saving, those, the two uh, types of, of, of the sweet pierogies. I was saving for when our kids come in uh, later this month because I never know what to give them for breakfast and I thought that would be a nice treat especially since um, they're a, a portion Polish themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I don't remember if I sent you a sweet cheese pierogi. That's another big seller. It's a it's a sweet farmer's cheese. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't a, get that one. A couple different cheeses. But that's one where uh, we are currently served at the uh, Bison's Field in Buffalo for the uh, AAA uh, minor uh -huh. league team. And in okay. that stand, the chef there has taken our sweet cheese pierogi and he has put a, a bourbon gravy on it. So they serve that at the wow. ballpark. Kind of a mix with a, he calls, calls it a Polish poutine. And he's got... <laughs> bourbon gravy, and he's got bacon on there, and then the sweet cheese, and they balance out. So you got the, the, the savory the gravy. Chef? Oh, I, I apologize. I don't know his name. He's, he's there at the stadium in uh, oh, at the stadium. In, okay. uh, Buffalo. Mm -hmm. 
So, but that's wonderful. Yeah. So that's another pierogi. So that's that's the pierogi. Line. We also make quite a few other different types of uh, Polish products. So we make a ushka, which is like a small pierogi, uh, and that's used primarily in soups. We make four types of those. Um, also on the back on the pierogi, we make two different types of. Uh, different they're not polish they're they're other nationalities so for a long time we've made a maltoshin which is a german uh, recipe that's got uh, meat and spinach and breadcrumbs wow which is yeah it's very interesting flavor profile and then last year one of our uh, employees who's ukrainian we have quite a few ukrainians that work for us now uh, one of the ukrainian women came and said would you like to try one of my pierogi Oh. And she brought us a cheese and dill recipe. And it was oh. interesting because none of the Polish people working here had ever heard of cheese and dill, yet all uh. the Ukrainians had. So it's clearly a Ukrainian-based flavor. And it's a very light pierogi. It's very refreshing with the fresh dill. Oh, sounds great. Well, um, so you, you found a market niche that you never even knew existed, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so it's it's just prohibitive to, to ship the frozen stuff. Is that it? Well, it's just hard. I mean, I think the actual shipping container itself costs probably you know ten dollars, and then there's dry ice in there, um, and then you have to you know you definitely have to overnight it. You can't just send it. You know, mm-hmm. I think we do UPS ground when it's within one or two days, but. Uh, it's just hard to ship frozen versus, you know, versus a yeah. a grocery item. We just got a, a product that was supposed to be um, frozen, uh, sort of like um, an Indian ice cream kind of thing, frozen. And um, something happened because uh, they didn't put in any ice packs. And so by oh, yeah. the time we got it, it was not only melted but warm because it's hot here, <laughs> Right, right. And so, yeah, so I checked, and, and they said, no, it's not safe to eat. So it was really, it, it hurt me. I hate throwing out food, but I had to throw it out. <laughs> right, you're, you're, now you're looking at that ice cream package thinking, oh, my gosh, I want it so bad now. <laughs> I, I ate it anyway. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you're still here to talk about here. it. That's right. Um, well, you're, you're eating the good ice cream right now. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating being on the receiving end of all this uh, for the fancy food shows. You know, it's much more fun than receiving cookbooks <laughs> for <Right>. the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it all goes in, in different trends. I mean, there was a time when most of our guests were um, uh, high-end uh, food Equipment producers, you know, um, would be interviewing um, all clad and, um, you know, um, who was some of the other ones? Scru- um, the, yeah. Crusade. Is it Crusade or do? I can't remember. A whole bunch of stuff. But, um, it, yeah, and, and then there was a period when it was all these star chefs. So we got right. a. a I, uh, we got more than enough ego in interviews. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, but I, I really, I think that it's, it's really fun finding out there are so many new food products on the market, and they all go through a specialty food association, and that's who we've worked with for years now. So. Yeah, I, I was at the show, as I mentioned, last year for the first time just to see, you know, if it was a good show for us. And and I walked around and talked with a lot of the smaller companies, you know, in different industries, cheese and, you know, salt. Oh, did you ever know there were so many cheeses in the whole world? Right. And it's just fascinating because you're right. I mean, to, to your point, there's just so many, in, you know, nice products out there you know, amazing products in a lot of these, you know, smaller companies. So it's good that the Specialty Food Association gets that, all those companies together and exposure to the buyers. I mean, I think that's 
that's why we're excited about going to the show because you know we're hoping oh, yeah. to expose some of the buyers that aren't aware of us. You know, everybody in Chicago is aware of us, but you know, are they aware of us in Albany, New York? You know, I'm not sure that they are. So, right, but then you have to ship. <laughs> Um, yeah. do, do you ever intend to do retail or not? Well, when you say retail, I mean we sell to we sell to retailers. So but you don't do it on, online. Cause, I mean that's but, probably the biggest shift from the pandemic that that, uh, that we've noted is so many people are buying everything online, including groceries, food. Um, Fish, we get right. we get the, we get um, groceries, fish, um, meat. But I think a lot of the so a lot of the online, at least here in Chicago, you know, they're buying through their local grocery store. You know, so if we let's say in Pittsburgh, let's say we would be in Giant Eagle as an example, I think a lot of people are probably buying their groceries maybe online through Giant Eagle, but then you know we're already there as far as. You know, we would right. just be another frozen frozen item yeah. that they would add to their menu, along right. with you know pizza. But no, I mean we we get to our front door delivery from a lot of these places, even frozen fish from right. Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I I think you're having fun, and I think that you're going to be totally, absolutely knocked out by this fancy food show. You just. <laughs> Then it, you're going to work hard for a few days there. Yeah, we are, and, and the and the people we're bringing. Uh, again, we have a very Polish workforce, so there's uh, one of them that speaks almost no English. <laughs> they they all speak <laughs> Polish and Ukrainian, so we'll definitely have a very authentic booth. If someone comes up and wants to speak Polish to our crowd, they are ready to go. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's really great. Well, I, I wish you much continued success because it's a good product and, and you have a great attitude towards it. And uh, I also hope you get your car fixed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, the car will get fixed. It's an old car. It always gets fixed. But uh, no, thank you. And, and thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to you and your audience today about Alexandra's. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun brand supported by a lot of very hardworking and fun people. Yeah, and so it's, it's, good it's, it's a feel-good situation for everybody involved as well, listeners, and the product itself is, is really superior. Well, thank, thank you, Rich Berry, uh, and uh, in, enjoy your, your, your trip to uh, Manhattan, and uh, be prepared to wear, wear really comfortable shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I spent a little more for the extra thick padding. I, I've done other trade shows before, and I know that's important. <laughs> so hopefully, <laughs> yeah, my feet won't be too sore. But, but, I, but yes, thank you for the guidance. Okay. Well, thanks for talking to us, and uh, have welcome. fun. Continue having fun. All right, thank you fun. again. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Yes, we've had a new love. Our regular listeners will know that Dan and Peter love really good quality ice cream. And uh, we just are talking to Tamara Keefe about what turns out to be really good ice cream, um, Clementine's ice cream. And Clementine Creamery is where, Tamara? Uh, We are located in St. Louis, Missouri. Wow. It's been years since I've been in St. Louis. Under that arch made in Pittsburgh, right? Right. That's That's true. That's right. Did I give you a piece of new information? Or did you, <laughs> you know, I had I had heard that before. So yeah, yeah. I, I had too, and I forgot about it. But he remembered. Yeah, um, it, yeah. You know, 
I, I I used to spend time in, in St. Louis at the museum there, which was good. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, yeah, and lots of great museums. It, it's a great museum, and especially I I was working at the museum in Indianapolis, and that was a nice short jaunt to go to uh, St. Louis. Um, yeah, and all of our museums are free here as well. Did you know that? No, yes, that's and that's very I remember most museums used to be free, and now they're not. I guess yeah. they can't do it. Um, so anyhow, um, we're, we're, we're going to talk to you about, um, like, how did you, what did, what did you do before you became um, a um, run an ice cream company? Well, I worked in corporate America. I worked in marketing and brand and strategy for over 25 years. And right before I started Clementine's, I I ran a $70 million business for Abbott. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, this this is not a very unusual story. The people we talk to generally have left like Wall Street or corporate America – and, and gone into some kind of a, a more satisfying um, personal style of, of working. Is that what happened to you? Yeah, I think I, I was very successful in my career, and I had gotten you know to the point in my career where I said I wanted to get to. And I think like many people, you, you keep climbing that ladder because you think there's some place you're going to get to and it's all going to be perfect and amazing and then you get there and you're like wait a second I'm not happy I'm kind of miserable I'm never home I'm always on the road yeah I make a lot of money but I'm kind of I'm just unhappy and so it was then that I decided that I needed to do something different and I defaulted to the thing that I loved more than anything else and that was ice cream well of course I love ice cream (laughs) Um, the 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 quality ice cream being made by small producers in this country is absolutely amazing. I think um, it's sort of like the gelato makers in Italy. You know, they're, yeah, they're well, small, I... but they're really conscientious and creative. And so, but how do you? How did you? What did you do to prepare to change from your corporate career to? where you are now. I don't I don't know that I prepared to do anything because it was very quick once I made that decision. I mean, li- literally I I wrote in, in a weekend with my my best girlfriends. I wrote my business plan and put together my financials and put together my deck and I resigned 2 weeks later and I kind of took the biggest gamble in my life and gambled on myself and said, "Here I go. This is what I'm going to do." So I don't know that I actually took a lot of time to think about it. I just think I was at a place in my life that I wanted something different. And I... Well, that's I different, that's for sure. <laughs> did, yeah. Did you, go to, did you go to ice cream school? So um, earlier the year in 2014, I did go to ice cream. I call it ice cream college. Penn State <laughs> has an amazing um, uh, you went to ice Penn cream. State? I did, <laughs> I did. Penn, yep, Penn I went to their ice cream college. Supposed to have a super program. It, yes, tell me it, who? It's amazing. I'm missing out. Where? Penn State. Penn oh, State I'm, I'm Penn State here. In Happy Valley, yes. Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, yeah. They. It's interesting because um, Jenny's, you know, Jenny's ice cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she went to the uh, Penn program and she mm-hmm. found it lacking she didn't like it and she went on to some place in ohio like ohio state or something interesting yeah well penn, penn the penn state program is very academic um focused and it's very uh-huh. technical and science-based so if if that's not your thing i can see how see. someone might find it to be very difficult because it's where a lot of food scientists Go and product developers. It's it's not really a course for the the faint of heart. Let's just put it that way. 
Well, a lot of really terrific uh, uh, ice cream makers have come through there, as well mm-hmm. as all kinds of other areas too. Um, so, so you learned how you went to uh, ice cream college, and had you always been a fan of ice cream? Well, I actually I've been making ice cream my whole life, actually since I was a kid. So Penn State didn't they didn't really teach me how to make ice cream. I've always made ice cream. They just taught really? me how to think about it differently and to to approach it from a more food science perspective, understand refrigeration, understand chemistry. It, it was it was more of a educational angle versus I'd been making ice cream my whole life, and I knew that. Why? How did you get to making ice cream your whole life? Well, you know, when I was a kid, one day after Sunday uh, on church, after church, um, I was with my friends. And as a little kid, I would hear other little kids talk about going for ice cream. And, of course, I would run up to my mom and say, hey, do we get to go for ice cream too? Well, the answer was always no, because as a kid, you don't know you're poor, right? You don't know that you're not supposed to make your parents feel bad for not being able to do whatever Oh, 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 okay. And so one summer, I think I was about seven or eight years old, um, I just was relentless and... uh, Finally, one Sunday after church, we drove by a garage sale, and my mom found an old uh, hand crank, you know, the old ice cream makers, and she bought it for $2, and she said, okay, Ah. let's go home, and we're going to make ice cream. And so literally, we started making ice cream as a family every Sunday after church. Well, other people in the church started hearing that we were making ice cream. So before you know it, all these people started asking to come to our house. Well, we we couldn't afford to make ice cream for everyone. So one family would bring the cream, another family would bring the milk, another family would bring the strawberries. And so it it really did create and change my whole sense of community as a child, just ice cream, making it making it at home. And what so a great from there we story. just Yeah, we just started making story. it. Yeah, every weekend. And my mom, you know, we would make it when we got together as a family. And then my mom died, unfortunately, when I was 21. And kind of at that point, I guess the 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 bar was handed to me. And I just kind of took it over from there. And it was just, it, it was always my hobby and my passion. You know, some people golf, some people scrapbook, some people do different oh, things. Just... And I always made ice cream. Now, why, why Clementine? So Clementine is actually the song go in Dublin, Dublin city, where the girls yeah. are pretty. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. No, Clementine's um, is actually named after my grandmother's best friend. So when I was a, yeah. a young girl, she um, Clementine. Well, you know, most grandmothers, at least when I was a little kid, kind of were like had this silver-permed hairstyle, like a helmet, right? Like every grandma had the same hairstyle when I was uh-huh. a kid, it felt like. And with a perm and, you know, just the same thing. Well, Clementine <laughs> had this long silver hair that I'd never seen on another grandma ever. And she wore bright red lipstick all the time. And she was so elegant and she was so beautiful. And I had just never seen another grandma that looked like her. And I just loved her so much, and I had such a great relationship with her. And I grew up thinking, someday I'm going to have a little girl, and she's going to grow up to be just like Clementine. Well, I have not been blessed in life with any children, and so the ice cream shop and starting Clinton was kind of my baby. So Clementine was the name that I picked. Interesting. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I knew it was going to be fun talking to you, but I didn't realize how much <laughs> you have such great stories. Oh boy! Oh, thank well, you, you know, I I knew about you before you won the um the the Sophie. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, and I was always fascinated by the variety of flavors. You have such unusual mm-hmm. flavors, and I wonder. What inspires you in, in terms of the flavors? Because you have some unusual ones. You know, I'm inspired by everything. Actually, when I travel, um, when I meet new people and go to new restaurants, I'm inspired by 
stories and smells and scents and places and people. Um, you know, I, you know, my mom was really the first one to instill uh-huh. that sense of adventure in flavors for me. I mean, before it was cool, I mean, she would just go in our fridge and see what we had left. I mean, I remember her making a tomato and feta cheese ice cream because that's like the what? ingredients we had in our fridge. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. No wonder you have such and, unusual flavors. <laughs> yeah, and it was so delicious but so unexpected, you know. And so, uh-huh. you know, she she was always like, let's use have and we don't waste things and, and try new things. And um, it was that little bit of wonder, right, combined with that yeah. sense of we don't waste things in our house, what, right? Wow. In your, why, 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 don't we, why don't we have Clementine tell us what some of the flavors are? Okay. <laughs> so we can, the, the, what's your most popular flavor? It's probably vanilla and chocolate. <laughs> Actually, it's not. Our most popular flavor is our gooey butter cake ice cream. Okay. That is uh, a St. Louis dessert, a Midwestern dessert, I guess you could say, that every kid grew up with their mom and their grandma making gooey butter cake, and you'd have it every day after school for a snack and desserts and on the weekends. And, um, yeah, and so it was this really cool, interesting dessert that I had never heard of until I moved to St. Louis, and I fell in love with it. And when I started Clementine's, I wanted to create an ice cream flavor for the city of St. Louis. And what was more St. Louis than gooey butter cake? Nothing. And so I just elevated it to a whole new level. And once I started winning all of the awards with it, um, <laughs> it just it grew like wildfire. Now you can find gooey butter cake ice cream all around the country. My national competitors have even made their own version of it. It's it's really quite cool um, because gooey butter cake ice cream is now a thing nationwide and growing. Now, which That's one wonderful. was was the current Sophie? Which flavor was it? Uh, we just Naughty won the best nice. vegan. Yep, it was it was a nice. It was a vegan. It's our lemon poppy seed, the one that just won the best vegan ice cream in the country. See, no, I don't know how you ever ever even think of that. Not mean how you dream it. <laughs> well, um, you know, I love lemon poppy seed cake and lemon poppy seed muffins, right? I I just I okay. love those, and we used to have them around Easter. Um, and so it was just a, a riff on that of, you know, if it makes a great dessert, it'll probably make a great ice cream. Yeah, you know, and of course, I, I, I was saving lids and then forgot to bring them into the studio um, to ask you about some of the specific ones. Um, I was really impressed with the one that has the big chunks of, um, of, of uh, chocolate chips in it. Oh, was that the tahini chocolate chip or the front porch mint? Mm, I'm not sure which one it was. It was the first one I tried. Um, What was was the first thing you said of panini? Uh, Tahini chocolate chip. Mm, It could be that one. Um, Was that a non-dairy? remember now, but I was impressed with the size of your chocolate chips. There's something generous about your flavors, too, I found. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I believe so that's that deliberate, have, huh? Yes. You're deliberately yes, I, generous. Yes, I believe you should have a chunk or a bite of something delicious in, in every spoonful. Uh-huh. So um, do, you, do you do, um, like, what sizes do you do? We just make pints. I mean, obviously, if you come into our shops, you can get ice cream cones or in a cup. But uh, to go or for our nationwide shipping, we do just the pints, the 16-ounce okay. pints. And you people can get these. I mean, from years of dealing with ice cream makers, I know that it's a real pain to ship this stuff, <laughs> especially in hot areas. And in the summertime. Well, that's why we ship it. We ship it with the dry ice to, to yeah. counteract it. Yeah. But it costs, it costs more to, to ship than, than some other it's, products. Of course, because you have to use the dry ice. Right. But it's worth it. Well, I mean, I think it's worth it, especially since I got it. <laughs> I was a recipient. <laughs> of course. Um, but but 
that anybody can go online and order from your website? That is correct, yes. So that you have the, the whole thing going here. Absolutely. And like, I, I was curious as to, since you come out of a marketing background, you must mm-hmm. have a demographic that you're aiming for. What would that be? Um, you know, that's the beauty of ice cream, right? Ice cream really is uh, democratic. It really is for everyone. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It, it, it really is for, for everyone. I think um, we are definitely targeted towards someone who has a little bit more um, decadent, adventurous palate, for sure. <laughs> right? That's for sure. We, we don't. We don't do plain Jane flavors, right? Because anyone can go buy junky ice cream and plain Jane flavors. <laughs> We're, you know, we like to think of ourselves as that 15-minute vacation, that little bit oh. of decadence that everybody needs at the end of the day because, you know, we make ice cream the way it used to be made. A lot of uh-huh. the big, you know, ice cream companies uh, that you can find in the grocery store now, they don't, you know, they're making it as fast and as cheap with the, Lowest quality ingre- right ingredients to make it to sell it at the cheapest price, right? We're yeah. not about that. We want to make the best tasting ice cream you've ever had that reminds you of, of ice cream when you were a kid and the way it used to be made before all the commercial well, companies put all the artificial stuff into it. Yeah, and all that there. Now, I don't know that much about ice cream making. I mean, I know something about. It. I actually, I had a wonderful. Um, experience growing up um, with my great-uncle's farm. He he had a dairy farm, and the farm next door was a berry farm. And so I used to have I mean, fresh um, heavy cream ice cream with fresh berries, <laughs> and it was really great. <laughs> uh, but what is it that, you, that people take shortcuts of for in the bigger companies or the more commercial companies that you take and you don't take any shortcuts and you stick to the old-fashioned way of making it? What are some of the steps you take? Sure. So so as a micro-creamery, there are certain requirements that you have to meet in order to be a micro-creamery. Oh, I didn't know that. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're one of only 14 ice cream companies in the country who are considered a micro creamery who makes ice cream the way they used to, let's say. So first... Oh, I need to look that up. That's something I should know, and I don't know anything about that. I better look that up. So first, you have to be small batch, meaning a real person has to stand in front of the ice cream machine and make it. Most big ice cream companies are made in these big continuous freezers it's like a, bi- a big machine the size of a room, right? Uh-huh. And so yeah. we don't do that. It's, it's one person stands in front of the ice cream machine and we make it. So it's all small batch. Second? Okay, that, that's like the, the, some of these. We've interviewed some pasta makers, and they, they claim that, that all their pastas, even though they do have some um, high-tech devices, but all, all of them, all of their products, have been touched by a human hand. Right. And it matters and it makes a difference. So, yeah, so first thing, everything is small batch. Number two, everything is handcrafted that goes into our ice cream. If there's a pie, cake, or cookie, we make it, bake it, and put it in Oh, it. you do. Incredible. We do. We salt our own caramels. We candy our own pecans. We make our own hot fudge. We make our own... Caramel sauces, with, we make everything that goes into our product. So that's another big difference. Number three. How labor-intensive is that? It is. It is. Um, our ice cream production team is, is quite large, and we have our own pastry team and our own bakery team. And so we have a lot of people that put a lot of love into making all of the ingredients that go into our ice cream. Tomorrow, no wonder it's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So number so, three yeah. is um, it's also all natural. So our dairy base has no artificial colors, flavors, fillers, pre- preservatives, or anything in it. And that's also a differentiator because big companies use lots of artificial colors and fillers and emulsifiers and all kinds of things that shouldn't, right. in my opinion, be an ice cream. So that's number right. three. 
Yeah, so number that four. I knew about your brand that it was all, it was all natural compared to some mm-hmm. of the, the other stuff. So go ahead. Yeah. Tell me more. And so that's okay. And so number four is that um, all the ice cream has less than thirty percent overrun in it or air. So what that means is overrun is a technical term. That's the amount of air that they whip into the ice cream. So big commercial ice cream makers. They put 100% air into the product, meaning when you buy that pint of ice cream at the grocery store, you're actually only getting 50% ice cream and the rest is air. That's called 100% overrun. And so we have less than 30% overrun. That's why if you take a pint of our, even vanilla, it's so much heavier than any commercial brand because Mm -hmm. we don't put all the air into the product. Does that make well, sense? That, I mean, I actually knew about this because uh, yeah, I, I, this was something that Penn State was really heavy on is this air, uh, mm-hmm. how much air goes into these products, yeah. yeah. And, and then so, last but not least, oh, sorry, one more thing. Last but no, not least. No, I want to know. I want to know all about <laughs> this. Go ahead. That's okay. So um, the last component in order to be a micro creamery, you have to have more than – uh, 16% butter fat in okay. your ice cream. And so all of ours has between 16 to 18%. That's why it's so creamy and dense. Most stuff that you buy at the grocery store has about 10%, maybe 12%. <laughs> so, you know, when, when it has a lot of it's butter It's kind of like chocolate. Is that those things that are not really well understood um, makes all the difference in in the artisanal chocolate as opposed to the commercial stuff. Yeah, and it's it's all about quality and taste. And, you know, there's a there's a difference, um, and you can taste the difference with, with the butterfat because when you taste a bite of our ice cream and a minute later you can still taste the flavor in your oh, mouth. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's the butterfat that is coating your tongue, keeping that yes. flavor there. If you've ever had ice cream and you take a bite and the flavor's gone right away, it's because mm-hmm. it has really low butterfat. And when they make cheap ice cream, they don't use a lot of butterfat in the product. Right. Right. Oh, well, that's so good. Those are real. But, those are the real differences between our ice cream and commercial and other ice creams. Well, now, how do I mean, people understand this so that you, because you're going to obviously have to charge money for it. I mean, the, all the extra attention and, and, and the products used and ingredients and so forth. And so, how hard a sell was it to get people to pay any more money for it? You know, we're not we're not that much more expensive um, than other you know commercial ice creams. We are a couple dollars more a pint, but we don't really have to convince people. Once they try it, they're blown away and they're like, "I'll never eat another ice cream again," right? Because <laughs> the you know the people who love high quality ice cream. If you're going to eat ice cream and have it be the best ice cream you're going to have then you eat clementines. And I think that's the difference that people, once, you know, I think people are skeptical, like, oh, can it really be that good? You know, we always get those 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 skeptical faces. And then the moment they try it, they're like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is incredible. Right? Yeah. I mean, so then I think, I mean you're that. right on when you talk about how the, the flavor lingers on your tongue after having your ice cream. That, that's mm-hmm. right on, yeah. So that's why, okay. I mean, that's part of your process. I mean, that's one of the things you, you've studied and, and determined that this is how it's going to be because that makes a big difference, I think. Absolutely. Now, the other thing I've found is, over the years is that even when they start out on making fantastic ice cream, on a small batch level like you do, uh, they get to a point where they're, they're discovered by a big producer and, and sold by the original um, entrepreneur and uh, to a big and, – and the quality goes away. And I'm not going to mention any names, but no, <laughs> we, we know that there are a number of them like this, especially we, 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 in, we, in ice cream. We, 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 we could whisper. No, we're not going to whisper. 
We could that's okay. Her. I think you already said one of the names earlier, but that's okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you're wicked, <laughs> Tamara. <laughs> I didn't say it. You did. <laughs> but I mean, I, this is true of chocolate, of course, too. I mean, it's not saying that chocolate ice cream is the same, but I'm talking about the difference between the small batch and, and the going for the big commercial splurge. Um, in fact, I, I think just... that's the difference when you, you know, I, I started this company. I still own this company. Um, I have no investors up to this point in, in this company. So I make decisions based on my value set. And a lot of times uh-huh. when people sell out, they're no longer in control, right? Right. Um, and they sell out too because they don't have the skill set to keep growing on their own. And I think I have this wonderful skill set that I had from my life in corporate America plus my love of ice cream and making the best ice cream that, you yeah. know, I, I don't plan to sell out anytime soon. Um, and I Good. have the ability to make quality decisions. You know, when when all that happened with uh, the Madagascar vanilla and the vanilla in the world and prices went, you know, five took a 5,000% hike a couple of years ago, and everyone else started switching out their artif- artif- you know, their vanillas out for artificial, right. and they started taking vanillas out out of all their flavor recipes. You know, I didn't do that. I kept buying the same double fold Madagascar vanilla. You know, it went from eighty dollars a gallon to almost nine hundred. Right? Are you kidding? The, no, no. Wow. This, this happened a couple years ago in like twenty. And that what's really sad about that is that, and the the growers. And the harvesters, the, the farmers that, that that make that, they don't get a, a larger chunk, except if it's a specialty company that's into fair trade. I mean, they don't get, they don't share in, in, in that rise in profits. Yeah, but it was it was kind of a crazy time, and so I mean, you looked around. Our, some of our they didn't even have they took vanilla ice cream off their menu. They didn't even have it for over a year. And they reformulated it out. But, you know, I, because I own my company, I said, no, I don't care if I lose money on this. This is what makes our ice cream great, and I'm not going to sacrifice. And I continued to use, and I have always continued to use the same double-fold Madagascar vanilla that I've always used. Um, Now Now you call it double-fold. What does that mean? So there's different levels and different qualities of vanilla that you can use in, in your product and that you can buy. Yeah. There's single fold, double fold. There's blends. There's there's different high. You know, yeah. the highest quality you can get is a double fold vanilla. And so that's. Do you the know the vanilla that's... queen? You know the the woman who goes by the vanilla queen. We've interviewed her. Can't remember mm-hmm. her name now. You know her, Patricia. Ray. I I don't know her, Patricia. but I have. I know who she is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. She. Yeah. I haven't seen her lately. There's one company, it seems, that lands lands on our doorstep when people are trying to promote it, and it's something in Nielsen. Oh, Nielsen Massey, yes, they're they're a good one. I use it's a a liquid. Mm Mhm. I use Lockhead Vanilla. Um, I think they're amazing. They're fair trade. They pay fair wages. They've invested a lot in Madagascar and with the farms that they use, Uh and that's. That is important to me. So that's who that's who I use. They have, in my opinion, the best one of the best vanillas out there. Yeah, the you know we deal a lot with um, on a regular basis with uh, burlap and barrel, and they're promoting a vanilla. I don't bake, so I mean I I, I don't know how I'd really use the um, the vanilla. It's supposed to be that knock the socks off kind of vanilla, very different from what most people use in these commercial productions. Do you know that well, and, those people? And there, and there are different kinds of vanillas that you use for different kinds of things, right? There's a okay. different kind of vanilla that you have to use when you're going to be baking it because it changes the chemistry of the vanilla and, and the flavor once you bake something. So when you, you know, ice cream is not something you cook and therefore the chemistry doesn't change that much. Um, uh-huh. except for when you let the ice cream rest before you make it. And so you have to use, you can you can tell the, a big difference when people use high-quality vanilla or low-quality vanilla. 
And by the way, a little side note on that. Do you know there is no such thing as French vanilla ice cream? That was completely an American marketing construct. It sounds like a marketing thing. Like like Grey Goose vodka. (laughs) Yeah, in France, they like are totally disgusted by that notion of a French vanilla ice cream. Like there's no such thing. Like vanilla ice cream is never supposed to be yellow. And so, and it's often like cheap cheaper brands that make it but yeah there's no such thing as french vanilla that's that's purely a marketing construct that doesn't exist in france another example of that is portobello mushrooms they're just big mushrooms (laughs) correct (laughs) that was a marketing success story as well exactly (laughs) yeah i i saw a, a, a cartoon once that had a one of those little elfie kinds of figures uh, that are supposed to live under mushrooms, and 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 he's standing under this mushroom, and he's telling his neighbor, "I'm going to say goodbye now because I'm moving up to a portobello." <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's very peculiar sense of humor, but I thought it was very funny. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you you certainly uh, you, you can swear by your product and you you do everything right and um i just hope you keep it up thank you i i have every intention of doing so and many more awards i'm sure huh yes thank you yes we hope so one one last thing was there any um flavor that you found to be surprisingly exotic and successful and and you weren't sure and it's like under the radar oh you know i i think we 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 consumer test all of our flavors before we launch them into the marketplace so Uh so we all know they're going to be good and we know that they get a certain ranking um amongst consumers or we don't launch it so we don't really launch unsuccessful flavors. I think sometimes we launch more chef-forward flavors that we uh-huh. know or we believe are really good and that we think are really delicious. And, you know, sometimes people like them and sometimes people don't have as much passion for them as we do. Um, but, you know, we did a, an Italian smoky fig uh, this year yeah. that we weren't, oh, that that we weren't sure. Oh, my gosh. People went nuts for it. We, we, yeah, we oh, that sounds out like, fabulous. Like, a day that was a, another great one and one we we've done for a couple of years from the beginning is that manchego with truffles and honey oh, and yeah. you know that was a very chef forward uh flavor very sophisticated oh, yeah. that i did because i loved it um and people went crazy for it so you know you never you never know you you do what you love and and hope other people love it too I used to say to Peter years ago, I'd say, they they never make ice cream in the flavors I like. So, like, where is the eggplant ice cream? <laughs> exactly. But now you could probably find it. <laughs> Some of the flavors just get to be too wacky. But um, yeah, yeah. we don't we yeah. don't get that wacky. We prefer more elegant, decadent flavors. And sophisticated flavors. I kept trying to find somebody since I don't bake to bake a, a, a intense uh, chocolate cake uh, with green peppercorns. <laughs> How about go. chocolate ice cream with green peppercorns? <laughs> there, that's an idea. <laughs> I, I, have, I have to. I have to say one thing before before I close this up. This, this listeners around the world. This lady is a national treasure, <laughs> and 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 once you've tasted her ice cream, you'll say, "Why can't they make it like that here?" <laughs> You're very kind. Well, you can, Thank the, you. The good thing is you can get it online, so that's good. So, well, it's been a, a, absolutely a, a joy, um, Tamara, and also a learning experience for me. And again, right on your board or wherever you're going to take your shopping list or put it on your phone, um, Clementine's ice cream and, and try some listeners because it's superb. You won't ever want to have any other again. I thank you tomorrow and I'm glad your truck's fixed. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for talking to us. Anytime. My pleasure.